Welcome to episode B2 of the Better Band Bureau podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another bonus episode of the Better Band Bureau podcast, continuing our coverage of the COVID-19 outbreak and how it is affecting artists, musicians, and the music industry worldwide. Today I have a very special guest, Shauna Potter from the band War on Women. How are you today, Shauna? I'm well, actually. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. And uh, I would expect that considering the circumstances, well is the best anyone can do right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm certainly uh, trying to practice gratitude every day and realize how privileged I am and how lucky I am. You know, I have a roof over my head. I have food right now. Um, I can pay rent on the first. And that's that's what matters right now. And not everyone is... Um, even that lucky. So it's, it's, uh, any other things going on, I try to keep it all in perspective, you know? Yeah, that's definitely a great way to look at it and really put things into perspective. Um, just for example, I have a friend in England who she's a photographer for live music and for weddings and things like that, and just no mm -hmm. business at all. And, uh, here in the States, thankfully, it seems that there will be some protections for people who are self-employed, but over there, that hasn't really been discussed yet. Um, oh, yeah. So it's it's tough. And I know that you have been affected in a few different ways, especially, you know, you're in a band and all your shows are gone now. So <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit, I, I guess, what it was like for War on Women to find out that your shows weren't happening and how you processed that? Yeah. Um, so we were set to go on tour and open for Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio. And it was going to start on the West Coast and kind of zigzag across the states last about a month. Um, and we'd been looking forward to that for a really long time. We're huge fans. Um, and it was, you know, these are these are big venues. And so we were we were really excited to get in front of that many people and, you know, yell about abortion rights or whatever. And COVID started coming up and we were like wondering how it was going to play out, but we hadn't heard anything. And we were like, well, it might be a weird tour. Like maybe not that many people actually show up. And that was kind of the, our first thoughts like, Oh, okay. Maybe the rooms won't get filled. Um, but then it seemed like we kept hearing about like nine thirty club was canceling or postponing all their shows, you know? So these big venues were actually taking the steps um, versus the bands coming through town on tour. And once, I think because we were so close in Baltimore um, to D.C., um, hearing that the 930 Club was going to shut down, uh, that's when we were like, oh, this is real. This is really going to happen. Or it's not going to happen, I should say. <laughs> um, and I think it was that same day, like at the end of that evening, we were kind of thinking, you know, I think this tour could actually get canceled. What if it gets canceled? What do we do? And that evening, there was like an Instagram post from both bands saying that they, you know, were deciding to not not do the tour. And so that's actually how we found out. So they didn't tell you at all, like until I mean, like it was one of those things where I think once people decide once a team right decides something, someone's job is to tell our booking agent who then tells us and someone's job is to post it on Instagram and Twitter. And it's, I just was already online and saw those posts right away. And I was like, okay, that's it. So I didn't even wait to hear from our booking agent. I just reposted 
what you know reshared what what they shared and that's that's when the idea that this pandemic was actually as serious as we now know it to be you know i until then i was like well it'll be fine you know like we'll just wash our hands a lot no big deal like yes maybe that's more than we normally do on tour <laughs> um trying to stay clean but um but you know it, it'll, it'll be okay it'll be okay maybe not as big merch sales all right that's fine um but once the once the tour was canceled it it really set in that okay this is a this is a situation that as a country like we haven't really been in before or at least not for um uh, any any within the memory of anyone alive right now you know yeah <laughs> You know, for me, the way I looked at it was like, you know, there's been SARS and the bird flu and the swine flu and, you know, everything was fine. And for two out of three of those, it mostly just stayed in Asia and was isolated there. It'll be fine. There's like, you know, 100 cases here, whatever. And then two weeks later, it's like 80,000 cases in the States. Yeah. It's spread yeah. insanely. I mean, I'll, I'll trust you on that number. It's hard to keep up, honestly. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's um, a big deal. Everyone. So, you know, for us being in a band, um, everyone we know is like a freelancer or gig worker or a bartender or tours um, and everyone's home and no one can go to their job and no one can make money. And not and it's like not that you actually make that much money by going on tour, but you but, you know, if you're lucky enough, I think we were going to be lucky enough that we would come back home with something after being gone a month, right? We'd come home with rent money. And so trying to scramble to get other jobs during the month we were going to be gone and we weren't worried about working at home. Um, well, that's kind of impossible when everyone's trying to get the last, the last shifts <laughs> available before everything is shut down, you know? Um, so it's it's just been I think kind of hard. I think I don't want to speak for everyone in our band. Everyone is in a little bit of a different situation, um, but I'd say four out of five of us are are concerned about how we're gonna make money uh, coming up. We we there's not a lot that we can do online, or we got to figure out a way to do it online. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing too. I think even if you can pivot. It takes time to start a new business. Yes. And when people in general aren't spending money, because not everyone can go online and start a business. If everyone does that, well, who's yes. going to make money? It's just logistically, it doesn't work. You know, like you said, four out of five people in your band have uncertain futures at this point financially. And I don't want to say that's the same for every band, but I would say that's the same for most bands that at least yeah. half or three quarters of the band have jobs that aren't super stable because that's the same kind of job that lends itself to going on tour. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I think, you know, it, I think it's difficult for my family to understand, especially the older members of my family, like, why don't you just go work at the bank or something? <laughs> but I, it's like, we have to, especially, you know, we are not 20 years old anymore. You know what I'm saying? So we have to have jobs that give us the freedom to go on tour, to leave and come back. And that is difficult to, to balance. So you're always kind of hustling, you know, you're always kind of living week to week or month to month anyway, um, just so that you can 
do this thing that you love that is fulfilling and rewarding and and hopefully also sometimes financially <laughs> rewarding and um and is important you know i feel like i feel like what we do is is important to everyone in the band everyone likes playing music but also our message and what we stand for i know it's important to us and it's important to a lot of the people that we get to play in front of you know to to talk about trans rights and and black lives matter and um just you know people humans rights in general um with a focus on gender women and gender um but it's like how could we not i i don't feel like we're in a position to not be in this band like i you know like i have to be in this band i care so much about it and so you put yourself in this position to have a job that is like air and it's so easy for it to just dissipate. Well, I want to kind of rewind a little bit because everything you're saying right now is especially an issue now because of COVID, but it's also a problem for when things are perfectly normal. Yes. They, yeah. Things, things were never that good. Like anyone that freelances or you know, independent contractors or gig workers. Like to me, the fact that so many people do that sort of work represents the fact that the, the system is not built for us. The system can't actually handle giving everyone a livable wage, you know, like that money is being uh, thrown at corporations over people and the rich keep getting richer, the poor keep getting poorer. And, and like, we already knew that stuff, <laughs> right? Like, we already knew, like, hey, we're just out here doing our best, <laughs> right? And trying to, like, be, live a happy life, uh, even though we're all fucked, right? And, and so this, you're totally right, this just, like, sheds a really big light on it, maybe to people that haven't really had to think about that or didn't really notice, you know, like, the fact that we're fighting to have um federal relief for gig workers and 1099ers um it's like because there's so many of us like i don't think people realized how many of us there were like there aren't enough stable jobs for people i think mo most people would want to have a stable job with benefits and a livable wage but that doesn't exist i think i've heard something about you know the unemployment rate being really, really low, but it's actually because everyone has multiple jobs because there's no way that having one job actually pays for everyone's bills. So like, yeah, like it's, it's so important that we have that federal relief, just like anyone else. Like we're all, we're all working, you know, we're all working and need to pay the bills. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, I see that many people are misclassified as gig workers. You know, California has just put through AB5 to uh, help people who are working for Instacart or Uber or Lyft or companies like that, uh, where it's also apparently, at least from what I understand, since I don't live in California anymore, uh, hurting the music industry because they are typically, you know, a session musician would be paid as a contractor, which I think for a session musician or something that's probably fair to an extent, as long as they are represented by a union or something like that. But for people who are working for Lyft or Uber, one of those giant technology companies, they should not be 1099. They should be on a W-2 basis mm -hmm. because that's literally a job. 
And what 1099 is made for is basically somebody who runs their own business. If you're yeah. driving for Lyft, you're not running your own business because right. <laughs> all the clients come to you through this platform that Lyft has. Yeah. So for me, I'm 1099 because I run a music studio. But that's because I actually have my own business. I have my own clients. I'm not relying on some app to give me clients. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of a similar thing to our guitar player, Brooks. He um, owns an amp repair shop. And I, I've worked there for years and recently started transitioning to do more um, public speaking engagements. So I'm screwed. <laughs> but um, so he, he, it, 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 he has an amp shop. And so he's a sole proprietor, right? And he gets clients, so he doesn't have any 1099s that he's getting. People aren't spending that much money on him uh, throughout the year. But, um, like, we kind of don't know what he's, is he going to get relief? Because he doesn't work for a company, but he's also not an independent contractor. Like, we don't know how the federal relief will help him out because he works for himself. And... I think, I don't know. It's just really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Like, like I'm, I'm, I've been looking online, looking at potential grants, um, waiting to hear back from a few already, and seeing a lot of help for small businesses, but only if you're incorporated or, or have employees. I would love to see the numbers on how many people actually just literally work for themselves as a sole proprietor and scrape by and how much they would benefit from having $1,200. <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I should mention that we're recording this on Friday, March 27th, which is the day that the house is voting on the bill that the Senate has already passed. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out over the weekend, we'll have a lot more clarity on what actually is going to be done for people who aren't working a traditional job. And I sincerely hope that there aren't people who are kind of left out of this because this is something that pretty much everyone needs right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's really a disaster of global scale. And I think even going back to uh, the Spanish flu, obviously I wasn't alive back then, <laughs> but I, I don't believe the economy was as hard hit because I know that the Great Depression was worse than the Spanish flu, at least economically. And it seems that what's going on right now is on course to be worse than the Great Depression, which is just really unfathomable to think about. Well, it's wild to me because I feel like the money is there to help everyone. That's what's so frustrating. I know it's there. I know it's in, um, you know, the Department of Defense <laughs> war chest. Um, I know it's in uh, all the corporations that somehow have enough loopholes to never pay their fair share of taxes or any taxes zero dollars in taxes. Um, Amazon looking at you. Uh, so like the money exists to help everyone out and to keep everyone alive and buying things, which is what they want anyway, right? Like if you want us to actually feel free and go out and shop um, online or off, uh, you know, like we have to, we have to know that we can live somewhere and eat enough food to, to survive. And then I'd be happy to, I would yeah. be happy to spend money on all my cool local businesses that are like coming up with ways to do deliveries and like online orders. I'd be happy to if I felt like I could spare it. 
And so I don't I don't know what they think a bunch of dead people or broke people. I don't know how they think that's going to help the economy. Right. Yeah. And it seems to me that with the way things are going, people, like you're saying, can't spend money that they don't have unless they use a credit card, which obviously I wouldn't recommend. But I mean, if you got to do that, you got to do that. Hopefully you don't. But what do you think that means specifically for artists who are in a situation like yours? How do you think artists will turn this around to try to make the best of a bad situation? In a way, I feel like artists are already, we're kind of always prepared for a pandemic. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like we're always hustling. We're always working. We're, We're trying to balance working enough to survive, but having time to do our art, whatever that is. And in a way, I feel like we're in a good position to overcome these difficult obstacles like we already kind of have that mindset i mean i can certainly speak for diy bands like ours um you're always kind of starving a little bit (laughs) and um moving money around and like making plans and making sure you can just make enough to go on the next tour and you know if it's a good enough tour there'll be catering or you'll get a per diem and you eat that taco bell like it's going out of style and you'll be fine, you know? Um, so that, that, that's what's, that's what's so, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like beautiful that we might be in that position to like adapt and, and figure it out. But it's also, um, you know, it's also sad and scary because not everyone's going to make it through this. Yeah. You know, we're just not, um, to not be so, you know, negative about it. Um, but to make the joke of going on tour is like preparing for a pandemic. Like right before we left for this tour, I went to the dentist. I got a haircut. I was like not spending money so that I'd have, you know, a little extra scratch on the tour just in case I saw something cool or wanted a fancy coffee or something, you know, like I and and strangely enough, I had like just transitioned into working from home more. Okay. <laughs> like I was already like, okay, let's see this year. Let me come up with a webinar for safer spaces. I can teach that online when I'm not doing university speaking gigs or whatever. And, and, and I was already kind of getting in this rhythm that now I'm forced into to keep myself safe and to keep people around me safe. But I just feel so lucky <laughs> that I got a damn haircut <laughs> before all this. <laughs> or You know what I mean? Um, that I had laundry soap <laughs> ready to go and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's a small thing, but because everything feels so out of control and big, those little small things of like, like, okay, my teeth are clean. I'm good. I'm good for six months. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, um, it, it helps strangely enough, like those small things really help. So, um, like we said, talking about gratitude, um, I'm grateful for those, all those little things and, and kind of already being prepared to be at home a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I just did my first safer space webinar a little sooner than I would have liked to, you know, (laughs) I kind of prepared on the fly so I could get it done and, and try it out. Um, so I, I will probably be doing more of those. Very cool. Well, that's great to know that for you, you kind of were able to pivot 
because you were already planning on that. Um, for War on Women, how is the band collectively handling it? Are you shifting what you're doing? Are you doing live streams or anything else like that to stay relevant in a time when no shows are happening? Yeah, I. so our first concern when you know the, we realized the tour was canceled, I put on my personal credit card a bunch of merch, you know? Cause I, and that's what I always do. And I always expect to at least break even at the end of a tour. Um, and so knowing that we were not going to be able to sell this merch for a month, um, that kind of freaked me out. And, and so my top priority was just putting our stuff online and getting out there. And I think we did that. Like I, I was able to do that really, really quickly. Um, and I wanted it to be fun and not so like begging for money um, I don't know. I, I have a weird relationship with money. Like, I think it was something like not really talked about. And also I kind of come at it from a place of scarcity and, um, self-preservation. And so I, I, I worry about talking about it. I don't want to, I don't want someone to think I have more than them, but I also don't want them to think I have less than them. Like it's, my ideas about money are messed up and I'm fully aware of that, but but basically it prevents me from wanting to just ask for it if I need it, right? Um, so I didn't want to just do that. And I didn't want to just be like, mm, buy our stuff. We didn't get to play with bad religion. We're sad, you know? <laughs> so we made a funny video to go along with. We made like a War on Women campaign shirt, like War on Women 2020, Make America Feminist Again. Or no, Make America Feminist for Once, actually. Um, which is something I came up with right before the 2016 election and we've been selling like hats and stuff. So now we actually have a campaign shirt and I was, I was, I thought I was so clever. Oh, we're going to have this cool campaign shirt. We're going to sell out on tour. People, you know, campaign is on their mind. The election's coming up and then nope. Uh, so we made a campaign video, like we were running for, um, band of America or something (laughs) and, and it was, I don't know, it's funny. It's a funny little video we put on YouTube. Um, it's its a few posts down on our Instagram if anybody wants to watch it. But I just thought it was a better way to kind of sell the idea that, like, we have this merch pack that we don't know what to do with. Do you want it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so long story short, we, 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 put, we updated all our merch as soon as we could, started telling people it's for sale, got a bunch of orders, and we got out of debt. Good, good. And so that that's the most important thing. Got out of debt. Um, so now, you know, after a kind of taking a week or so to, you know, just do other stuff that I had on my to do list. Right. Like uh, we're still like human beings at home with normal like bullshit that we have to do. And, you know, I want to keep busy while I'm stuck at home and um, feel productive and and. And I feel like part of being productive sometimes is taking a break from one thing to do something else. And you, you come back to it and you're fresher and you're, you're, you're more invested in it and, and more interested in it. And it comes easier in a way. So I kind of wanted to set warm women aside for a second, work on other things. And now I'm like back in the, okay, my to-do list is getting shorter. I'm feeling good. Like did the laundry <laughs> floors are Swiffered. <laughs> like everything's cool. Um, and now we're starting to think, okay, do we need to do some sort of streaming thing? Um, 
I think for us, that's a really difficult thing to consider because we have a real, we set a really high standard for ourselves as far as how we sound, um, how we present ourselves, ourselves. We know that um, as a band, as a co-ed band, right? That's like feminist focused, women in the band playing instruments. Um, we know that we're going to be judged in a way that is not unbiased, right? Like, like there's there's some some extra element there when people see women or or non-binary folks playing, um, that you you can't not see that or consider it. And so, we like to be the band that's better than every band we're playing with. We want to be more technically proficient. We want to play better. We want to sound better. We want to, you know, work twice as hard for half as much. Like we just, we don't want to give anyone any excuses to say that we suck because we don't, you know, like if someone says we suck, we want to know, okay, that's, you're saying that cause you're sexist. Like you, you don't have to like our music, but we do not fucking suck. Right. Um, so that during a time of like, let's just casually stream something, just messing around on the guitar on a whim, like those two things do not work well together, potentially to our detriment right now, right? Like, we don't know how long we're going to be in this truly. So we, we kind of like the idea of maybe going to a club with a real <laughs> sound system and an audio engineer and, you know, people looking out for us to make sure it actually looks and sounds good um, and live streaming that. But even that is, that's a lot of work. And that puts a lot of people in the same room and doesn't, you know, it, we can't socially distance necessarily, even though there'd be no audience, like maybe that's still dangerous to put even, you know, eight people <laughs> in the same room. Um, so I don't know. We're just not sure. We're just not sure how we're going to move forward. I can say that any opportunity that's coming up that is something that maybe I can do by myself, um, which is, you know, le a little less pressure than trying to get a full band together. Um, I'm, I'm certainly doing that so that that could be helpful. So coming up on Monday, the 30th of March, on Stage It, there is a premiere uh, of a short documentary that someone made about me. And so that documentary is going to play, and then I'm going to do a Q&A after. And that link is on my Instagram right now in the bio, so you can just find Shauna Potter Wow and check that out. But that's on Monday, yeah, the 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> so that's something that just came up, like this guy that made the documentary, he was, you know, trying to get premieres and trying to screen it in public and realize, okay, well, that's not going to happen anymore. Let's go online and let's try to get you, you know, a couple bucks. Um, so I really appre appreciate him, uh, Bill, being able to um, recognize that I might be in a rough spot and anyone watching that, I think on stage that you can like tip people, um, any tips right now are going to go right to rent, you know? Um, so that's cool. And then I think I'm going to do kind of a casual like Instagram 
ask me anything <laughs> sort of thing. Um, maybe talk about safer spaces or bystander intervention or um, answer questions like, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I guess we're open to ideas, but unfortunately, the stand, we set a, such a high standard for ourselves. I'm not sure how easy it will be to do something as a band. Maybe like all individuals sharing our personal expertise. That might be cool. Yeah, it's definitely tough for people who are in a band like yours where it's it's not easy to do an acoustic punk show if you're used to, <laughs> you know, full band shows. That's not it's not a genre that lends itself to that. So that's definitely something that is a challenge for bands like yours uh and especially so for your band because you do have to get past that stigma essentially. Uh as unfortunate as it is to have to say that, uh you're absolutely right. That's something that you know, most bands don't have to deal with, but you do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I saw a funny tweet the other day. It was like, well, I hope people like folk punk, you know, <laughs> like oh, everyone's just going to grab their acoustic and well, this is it. I'm not doing a full band thing. That sounds like shit. I'll do this single guitar thing that kind of yeah. sounds like shit instead. <laughs> less, less gear to haul, you know, like yeah. less pressure. So, um, we have done, uh, acoustic performances before uh brooks and i um i play guitar but i don't play guitar in this band right and so i've mm -hmm. i've literally never bothered to learn our songs <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm more of a simple indie rocker guitar player i'm not fast enough for our stuff honestly so i'm just like i'll just sing you go <laughs> ahead you play the instrument so I need him, unfortunately. I need Brooks to 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 play the songs uh, while I sing. But we we do have him um, an acoustic recording that's out. I think all the seven inches sold, but it is available on the on Bandcamp for from our record label Bridge Nine Bridge Nine Records. Um, so they have that, and we did a little tour around it, and and we do that every now and again when the full band can't do a show. We'll do some acoustic thing, um, which is. Super fun, you know, because we'll do a cover song or two and um, play around with it. And and just we like to we don't do the folk punk thing, right? We don't just play the exact chords that you hear on the record. And it happens to be on acoustic guitar. We do um, we we rework the songs to make it appropriate for the instrument that it's on. So definitely a lot more like singing <laughs> um, and just filling out the guitar um, so it's just more, I don't know, more interesting to us. Um, so maybe Brooks and I will not socially distance and do something like that. Well, that sounds really cool. And, you know, I'm not a, a medical expert, but from articles I've read, they say that after two weeks of social distancing, you'll know who else has been social distancing. So if you and Brooks have both been doing that, which I assume you have, then after two weeks, it's safe for you guys to hang right. out. Right. And okay. do a set. But again, I'm not a medical expert. Don't take my word for that. Do your own research. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> you do host a podcast, though, so I don't know. Those are really five credentials. Oh, yeah. Hosting a podcast makes me an expert on everything in the world, and my word is <laughs> That's gospel. That's what I hear. You are, you're also a white dude, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah you got it. Exactly. You're fine. I can, expert over here. I can mansplain everything. <laughs> so... Uh, just hashtag not all white dudes. It's fine. <laughs> it's just a joke, guys. Calm down. <laughs> oh, man. I know there's going to be that one person who has a problem with this. And I'm like, no, no, we, we're both cool with this. Um, but 
I just, uh, you had mentioned the uh, Instagram for the band and uh, that you were selling your merch online. So I just wanted to make sure that our listeners get those links as well in case they want to go buy a shirt or check out the video that you had mentioned. Yeah, this, so this is a really great time to just follow War on Women on all socials. Just search for us, it'll come up. Um, and because you never know, <laughs> you never know what we'll pull out of our ass to do that might be cool <laughs> and free. Uh, so like get ready and follow us and like us and all that stuff. Um, our merch is being sold on Store Envy. I run that myself. Um, so literally anything, anything you can buy. There's also um, a selection for a donation on that Store Envy page. Um, any little bit helps right now because we're just so uncertain about our futures. Um, so I believe that's waronwomen.storeenvy.com. And it's S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y. It's like missing an E. They share an E. Okay. Warnwomen.storeenvy.com. Yeah, I think that's the best thing. And then uh, the Stage It. Stageit.com, the the premiere is going to be... Do you think this podcast will be out by the 30th? Yeah, it should be out either uh, Saturday or Sunday. So, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So people have time to grab a ticket and check it out should be it's super weird it's super weird to have someone make a documentary about you even though it's only like 20 minutes long um it's it's kind of an interesting story actually he he wanted to do an interview with me for another project he's working on and and i love to talk so i was like sure (laughs) and and uh then it was over and and the next time we came into boston which is where he lives um he wanted to follow up and do a, another interview. And I said, sure. And But he, then he also wanted to interview Brooks and, and more women. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think he was related to this, but that, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then Brooks came back to the green room and he was like, we just talked about you the whole time. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not what his documentary is about. And he's like, I think it is. And so unbeknownst to me, he like pivoted and like... <laughs> decided to do a documentary about me after interviewing me once and I had no idea and I was like you didn't really tell me it's cool but I didn't know and you know luckily it's like not a hit job or something luckily it's like (laughs) flattering um but it's just really funny and he's like oh yeah this yeah we're doing this now anyway okay let's let's get you premiere I was like all right let's do it so he's been nothing but kind and so for that alone I feel like people should see this um because i'm just so humbled (laughs) by it all i can't can't believe it i can't believe it (laughs) well that sounds awesome i'll definitely have to check that out and you said that was 8 p.m eastern on monday yeah so again that was stage it and then you have war on women dot store envy dot com with one e instead of two (laughs) and uh the band is just war on women on all social media should be yeah i think on twitter women is with an x instead of an e because some jerk has had at war on women for years and they never <laughs> post and they won't give it up. And I've messaged them a thousand times. And oh, what are you going to do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast uh, topic, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, do this episode. And I hope that other artists are able to learn from it and, uh, see kind of what you are doing with your band and your life and adapt that 
to something that works for them. So just wanted to say thank you again for being on the show. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to give to the audience? Well, I just want to say thank you for having me. And frankly, I, I don't know if anyone can learn from us, from me on this episode. I'm happy to learn from them. So uh, if they've got any suggestions uh, other than live stream on some platform, um, I'm open to it. <laughs> you know, I am open to it. Let me, let me know. But um, I guess, and lastly, I think I'll just say that uh, my book, Making Spaces Safer, is a, a guidebook for anyone that goes into public space, basically, and to, to make sure our communities are safe, free of hate and harassment and violence. Um, right now, there's a lot of anti-Asian harassment and violence going on in response to COVID and our president, and it's bullshit. So even though most of us are holed up in our abodes, I want us to all be prepared and ready when we go back into public space and we're all interacting again, I want us to be able to stand up for other people and make sure our communities are safe, not only from a virus, but the virus of hate. So if you're interested in that book, um, it is on akpress.org. And right now, all their eBooks are only $2. So you can grab it for two bucks from akpress.org. So you'd be helping not only me as a first time author, helping yourself to know how to do bystander intervention and just generally intervene when you see something that isn't right. And then you're also helping an independent uh, publishing company that is having a tough time uh, selling books right now. So two bucks. Well, awesome. Shauna Potter, thanks so much for being here. And everyone listening, go check out War on Women as well as the book Making Spaces Safer. Thanks for listening to this episode of our coverage of the COVID-19 epidemic and how it's affecting the music industry. And of course, thank you to Shauna Potter of War on Women for coming on the show to talk about her experience with the pandemic. Right now, it's more important than ever to have a solid community, so we would gladly welcome you with open arms to our community on Facebook. If you'd like to join, you can either search for The Better Band Bureau on Facebook or just visit thebetterbandbureau.com slash group and you'll be directed to the group automatically. Thanks again. Stay happy. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And of course, as always, keep rocking. <laughs>